Each one of us, uh, no matter our history or heritage, has been created in God's image. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah, this is probably the best known verse in the Bible, right? They are powerful words. They tell us that God the Father sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world as an act of sacrificial love. He sent Jesus to live among us and then to die a brutal sacrificial death to provide the forgiveness of our sins and, and the gift of life for every human being, everyone, everywhere, throughout time, who puts their trust in Jesus. And we're going to celebrate that truth through communion at the end of this service. And uh, as I said before, this is just a reminder, you might want to grab some bread and juice to join with us. Now, in these days of chaos, of, of protests that spill into destructive, violent riots, the answer to the mess that this world is in is Jesus, who came to give us life now and life forever. Our God, he's a life giver. Life that is full beyond our imagination right now, and life that goes on forever. The gift of life for whoever, for anyone who would believe, the answer to the mess we're in is Jesus. And with that thought in mind, I, I want to move into our next miracle. We, we are in a series of messages that we're calling the Jesus Miracles, and, and we, we're going to look at a miracle today about uh, our life-giving God, and I'm going to grab a few thoughts for this miracle from Craig Groeschel, but first, let me, let me ask you a question. I, I wonder how many of you would say that in your life right now, I mean, in the middle of this COVID-19 mess, in, in the middle of cleaning up from the flood, in, in the middle of uh, that uh, relational breakup that is causing you so much pain, in, in the middle of job insecurity or, or, or no job right now because of COVID-19 or, or, or because of maybe uncertain oil prices, with all the pressure that all of this stuff puts on you, how many of you would say right now that I could use a miracle from God? That you're looking to God to do something supernatural. That right now you could use a touch from God. You've, you've prayed, uh, nothing has happened, but you hope it will. Keep that in mind as we look at this story. For the uh, Apostle John, he, he tells us a story about this guy named Lazarus who was dead four days and after four days, that's when God acted. Let me read a bit of the story. Now a man named Lazarus was sick he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. Now, this is the Mary, the, you know, the one who is Lazarus' sister who now lay six. This was the one who poured perfume uh, on Jesus and, and wiped uh, his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Okay, let me say to you what I've been saying each week now. Put yourself for a moment right into this story so that around you right now are a bunch of loved ones who are in a moment of panic. Someone you love is about to die. Put yourself in the middle of that. And in their desperation, they reach out to Jesus. Jesus, we've seen you do miracles. We, we know that you can do miracles. We, we need your help and we need it quick. Things are going bad fast. And Jesus responds to their panic and says, this sickness will not end in death. It might be looking bad, but it's not going to end the way that you're thinking it might end. No, it's for God's glory so that God's Son uh, may be glorified through it. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, okay, things don't look good on your timetable, but what you need to understand is that 
I've got a divine strategy here. There is something going on behind the scenes. And, and when I'm done with everything, uh, everyone is going to say, oh, my goodness, look at what happened. Uh, it, it couldn't have happened except for God. And it, it looked bad, real bad. But God, eventually God turned up. It's a God thing. And yeah, we got to give God the glory for that. Now, there may be those of you right now where, where you're facing some things and you're going, Things are just going in the wrong way right now. I don't understand. I, I don't know uh, what's going on or why it's happening. And it's maybe, maybe that God, if you would listen, is saying to you, this sickness in your life or, or, or whatever it is will not end in death. It will not end the way that you imagine it might end. And Jesus is speaking to you, I've got a divine strategy talking about death some of you have an intense fascination with uh, uh, gory horror movies with high bo body counts it is what it is uh, I will not pass too much judgment on you well I'm not into horror flicks so much I am into action movies and as someone who's into the shooting sports I prefer something in, in a movie where the gunplay is actually doable and if any of you tried the sport of three gun, which is popular here in Fort McMurray, three gun is a fast moving use of a tactical shotgun, a carbine rifle and a handgun. And as you participate in a sport like that, you begin to figure out what is doable and what isn't. And yeah, there are some pretty amazing guys out there, even here in Fort McMurray. So for me, I like a movie where the action is believable or at least plausible, and that's my thing. So yeah, I'm not so much into horror movies, uh, at least the ones that are gore for the gore's sake. However, I will admit that I've enjoyed some work of a producer by the name of M. Night Shyamalan. He is a master of playing with your mind and then ending the movie with a totally unexpected twist. He's really produced some awesome stuff. And because I don't watch a ton of horror flicks, I'm going to stretch back 20 years to a movie that made Shamblin famous, Sixth Sense. Man, I can't believe it's 20 years old. Anyways, if you're over 30, there's a good chance that you've seen it. So a few of you will know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, you'll have to put it on your COVID-19 watch list. But those of you who remember the movie, you will remember that there is this kid in the movie who says what's become a very famous line, I see dead people. I see dead people walking as normal people. Okay. I have a confession to make. I too see dead people. I too see dead people walking as normal people. I really do. Everywhere I go, when, when I go to the gym, you know, back in the day when we could go to the gym, I could see, I would see dead people working out. When I'm at the range, I see dead people. When I'm on my street, I see dead people. Even when I'm at church, I see dead people. I, I first started to see dead people walking when I read these words of the Apostle Paul. The widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. And Paul's talking about uh, this widow in contrast to another widow who in her poverty puts her trust in God and she's alive. But that phrase hit me. The widow who lives for pleasure, who lives for pleasure, is dead even while she lives. It, it says that you can be dead while you're actually alive. I see dead people walking. The Apostle Paul saw dead people walking. When he was writing a letter to uh, people who were in a church in Ephesus, Paul said this to, about them. 
As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Paul is saying, you used to be dead people walking. You aren't anymore, but, but you used to be. Okay, on the extreme of our culture, when I see a police officer who is called to serve and protect drain the life out of another man, I see in that police officer a dead man walking. When I see anger that is legitimate, but that goes out of control and starts to take out other police officers' lives or results in burning down whole neighborhoods. Sadly, sadly, I see dead people walking closer to home. When I see people who live only for themselves or live exclusively for the well-being of their own family but don't care about what's happening in their neighbor's home or the people they work with, I see dead people walking. So often when I see a broken, pain-filled relationship, I, I just see dead people walking. I see a lot of people, you know, who just exist. They're, they're just floating through life and hoping that one day that it'll get better, but it doesn't. And I see dead people walking. I'm talking people who are alive on the outside, but, but dead on the inside. As we look at the story of Lazarus, he died. And hey, while this story uh, is about our physical bodies, it's about much more than the physical. It's about life. Life that starts right now and life that goes on forever. And so, maybe something in you and inside of you died and, and God wants to bring it back to life. Maybe you are a dead person walking, but Jesus wants you alive, not just on the outside, but on the inside. So in this story, Jesus heard that his good buddy Lazarus was dying and that he, then he actually died. But when Jesus heard that Lazarus was dying, he, he waited two days before he left on the journey to go uh, uh, see his loved ones. I mean, seriously, he waited two full days, even though, that he, knew, even though he knew his friend was very sick. And then Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea where, Liz where Lazarus was. And the disciples, they pushed back, hey, Jesus, do you remember what happened the last time when we were in Judea? The Jews tried to kill you. So, yeah, let's stay here. Here is good. Here is safe. Jesus responds, hey, guys, you don't understand. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. And the apostle John points out that what Jesus meant was that Lazarus had died. And Jesus said, we're going to go wake him up. Now, there's some really good characters in this story. You got the Apostle Thomas. I mean, he, he responds very sarcastically to Jesus. Okay, let's go back so that we can all die. Let's just let the Jews kill us. Thomas doesn't exactly trust Jesus. He's a dead person walking. The Apostle John then writes this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So, another couple of interesting characters in this story. Jesus goes to comfort Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus. But Mary stays withdrawn, sullen. She doesn't even get up to greet Jesus. And Martha, I mean, she's just angry, and she lashes out at Jesus. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary and Martha, in their grief, they are dead people walking. Martha had enough faith to believe that Jesus could heal when Lazarus was alive, but now that he's dead... It's the end, right? It's done. And she's angry at Jesus. And I mean, four days dead is like pretty dead, right? Hey, 
when they get to the tomb and roll away the stone. This is where the old King James uh, Bible translates the original Greek in a way that you will never get in our modern translations. This is what the King James Version says about uh, Lazarus after he's been dead for four days in the tomb. It says, he stinketh. The guy is dead, four days dead, and the stench is overpowering. He stinketh. You, you got to love the rich, flowery language of the old King James Version. And, and if there are any kids out there watching, you can use the word stinketh and tell your parents that it is a Bible word. So when your brother or sister, when they stinketh, you get the message. But here you have Mary and Martha dead in their grief, being robbed of life because of their intense discouragement. Lazarus is dead. So what's the use? I mean, Jesus, why did you even come in the first place? So how does this apply to you and me? I think you need to ask yourself, what is dead in your life or dying? Seriously, where are you dying right now? How's your faith doing? Was it once vibrant and strong, but now it's maybe dying slowly, but it's dying? It could be financial. We got a lot of financial stress going on right now. COVID-19 financial stress, oil price financial stress, job security or no job. It could be a relationship. Your marriage that is dying, a, a relationship with your child or another family member, maybe an old friend and death is creeping in. You know what's so awesome about this story? When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, who was very much physically dead, he entered into the pain of Lazarus' sisters, the, the pain that was robbing them of life. And, and we get this very powerful verse in the Bible. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, but perhaps one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, yet he wept. Why? because that's how much he feels and cares for his people. That's how much he feels and cares for you. Why did Jesus come to this world? Why did he die the brutal death that we will remember at communion? This is his mission statement. And I quote this verse all the time, so I'm betting some of you could just say it by heart right now with me. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life or that they might have life and have it to the full. You, you got to get this. Jesus came so that you could have life. He came so that you could live not just in eternity, but that you could experience life, life to the full right now. So stop dressing like a dead man. Stop speaking like a dead man. Stop thinking like a dead man. Okay. Take a look at what Jesus did as he stood at the tomb of a very dead Lazarus. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And don't miss this. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Friends, can I get you just to pause for a moment right now in the middle of all of the distractions as you're listening to this message, just pause and get your ear kind of inclined towards heaven and maybe hear God, let God speak to you right now. Pause and let God speak. Because 
I think for some of you, God is speaking right now. He's saying, take off anything that resembles death. Take it off. Take it off. Get rid of it. Get rid of those dead things. You remember what the Apostle Paul said? You were dead in your transgressions and sins. But he goes on and says, but now you are alive in Christ Jesus. This story is not just about being physically dead. It's about that. But this story is so much deeper. It's about being a dead person walking. And our God, he, he specializes in bringing dead things back to life. What is it that's in you that is dead that God wants to bring back to life? I see dead people. But when God shows up, he makes dead things alive. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came so that you could really live. As we go to communion... We, we know that with God, death is never final. Like Jesus, like Lazarus, you can come out of the grave and you can take off those grave clothes and you can live. You do not have to be a dead person walking. Friends, you can really take off the grave clothes and live. I asked at the beginning of the message, do you want to see God do something supernatural in your life? A miracle. Some of you do. So will you join me in prayer? Pray the first part of this prayer with me and, and just pray for God to work in your life. Then allow me uh, to pray for you. Let's pray. Father God, you pray this. I come to you right now seeking your life-giving supernatural power. Just ask him for that power. I come to you and ask you to bring your life to me where I'm experiencing death. I ask you to fill me with your spirit. I ask you to flood me with the same resurrection power that not only brought Lazarus from the death, but Jesus from death to life. Just ask Jesus to empower you, to give you power, to make you alive. Then let me pray for you, God. I pray for those who feel like dead people right now, who feel like dead people walking who know that something is not right, that, that something in them or around them is dying. God, I pray that you would take away that thing that is dead or dying and make it alive. Now, maybe you've never prayed in a way where you've asked Jesus to come into your life and make you truly alive. You need to come to Jesus and allow him to flood you with, with life, life that starts now and goes on forever so would you pray this prayer with me? Just take these words and pray them yourself. Heavenly Father, would you make this dead person come to life? Forgive me of my sins and, and make me brand new. Make me like you. Save me. Fill me with your spirit so that I can hear your voice. I commit to following you. Today, I declare that I belong to you and, and that I'm being made alive by you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed today and it was something you thought maybe was significant, would you just let us know and just say, I prayed? Message me, put the message online there, whatever you're comfortable with. And if you want prayer for anything, would you let us know? Message us or just put it online. God bless as you see our God make you come alive.